The Circle City putting new sizzle into the NBA's premier high-profile event. The best basketball players on the planet stepping onto this state-of-the-art glass floor with a touch of LED. We preview NBA All-Star Weekend and the huge economic impact it's bringing to the region. Plus, Indiana innovation at work on relieving muscle pain, how this new device works, and why it's making a big difference for patients undergoing physical therapy. The transformation of a historic Hoosier music hall into a tech hub, and the Indiana farmer behind the dream. Inside Indiana Business is next. From Indiana's business news leader, this is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. LeBron, Giannis, Luca, Steph, Tyrese. The NBA's cream of the crop, uh, they've all punched their ticket to showcase their athletic skills in Indiana, a state just days away from showing the world why basketball is king of the court here and uh, showcasing why the city of Indianapolis is in a league of its own when it comes to hosting some of the biggest sporting events on the planet. NBA All-Star Weekend, a global intersection of sports, arts and culture, about to tip off in Indy, more than 125,000 visitors, including some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment, expected to shell out big bucks at local hotels, restaurants, and all-star related events. Enough to generate about $320 million into the local economy. That, possibly more than 4 million people around the world watching the game on TV. It all adds up to big business and a potential win-win for Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. For more on how, uh, how big of a win this could be for Indianapolis and central Indiana, we turn to visit Indy Executive Vice President Chris Gall, who's uh, downtown now. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Gary. I am in the epicenter of all things NBA All-Star Weekend inside the Convention Center, which is one of the major facilities that will be tapped and utilized by the NBA. And they've, they've been moving in this whole week. The signage has been going up, all the preparation. They're, they're usually using half of the Indiana Convention Center for their fan experience, the crossover. And we know tickets are already up 30% year over year. Uh, from last year in Salt Lake City, and it's uh, the largest footprint in terms of the fan experience they've had. So they're entrusting Indianapolis to help grow this marquee event. And this is really the uh, the culmination of a long journey. It began back in 2017 when Larry Bird drove that IndyCar uh, to deliver uh, Indy's proposal to host the All-Star Game. I'm glad you mentioned that. This is a copy of what Larry Bird took down in an IndyCar in the streets of Manhattan to uh to in 2017 let's to, see that let's see that the show show, show yeah. us that uh, there, there you go that was what was delivered right that's a copy of what larry legend larry bird delivered to the commissioner to say hey we want the game in 2021 and we of course were successful and as you had it we think from a tourist perspective this year is even better than than having it in 21 of course for many reasons with Gamebridge being the number one that it's yeah. fully complete and uh, for the world to see. Hey, hey, Chris, talk about the economic impact, 300 plus million dollars, but the NBA All-Star Weekend, that experience uh, a bit unique because of the global nature. What does that mean in terms of impact on Indianapolis, economic impact, the global nature of this event? 
It is global. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, the audience, in terms of who is tuning in, the visitors arriving when we when we when we look at where they're coming in from. You mentioned the NBA projecting 320 million dollars in economic impact. Those 125,000 visitors, uh, five to six percent of those international in, in, in arriving, and it's the who's who of arts and entertainment and celebrity and culture and basketball, both present uh, and, and, and last leaders. And so we have this unique opportunity no matter the weather, the showcase Indy, with a lot of cranes in the air and a lot of cranes completing, uh, having completed their renovations like Cambridge Fieldhouse. One of the points that we're most excited about, you have the 1800 credentialed media who will be bantering about our city. 50 corporations are setting up in Indianapolis. We're talking Google, Nike, Under Armour, Gatorade, AT&T, Amex. These corporations are entertaining C-suite executives, uh, many of which we know haven't been here in a while, if ever. They get to see our city, bounce back as a visitor, bounce back and bring their business, bounce back and bring their family or their convention. And so it's the caliber of visitor in the, in the, that we're really looking forward to as we prepare for a, not just a, a one game. This is an entire weekend. Our hotels are commanding a four-night minimum, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Airbnbs virtually sold out. The downtown has been sold out. We have compression all the way out to Lafayette, Bloomington, even Evansville. Yeah. Terms of and, and, you know, so really an opportunity for a sales job to, to these big, uh, big corporations. But how about, again, the fan experience, the visual experience, if you will, and what the NBA is doing for the first time with this LED uh, floor? Talk about stepping into a big floor, Lucas Oil Stadium, with the LED uh, imagery on, on the court. First time they're doing that for any major event. They're testing and kicking it here in Indianapolis. And you can see how it will look on screen and, and for the fans. And uh, if, it, if it shows well, uh, the NBA has gestured they'll use this moving forward to some of their other marquee events and games day in and day out. So we get the benefit of seeing it with sponsor activity and the word Indianapolis on this floor inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Of course, that is a big win for us because all the games, uh, not only inside Gamebridge, but inside Lucas Oil Stadium, that allows us as a city and state to welcome more fans to see this technology and, and have a, a, a lower entry point for that Saturday night three-point shootout skills, skills challenge and slam dunk competition. Well, Chris Gall, as always, thanks for joining us. Great perspective. We'll have much more next week. We'll be doing our show from downtown Indy to talk about the All-Star game. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Gary. All right. Well, the NBA All-Star game is also an intersection of sports, arts, and culture. You're going to run into art just about every step you take downtown during All-Star Weekend, including indie-based arts group's Gang Gang's pop-up version of its Butter Fair at the Arts Garden. One of several local organizations installing artworks across Indianapolis. We talk with Gang Gang co-founder Alan Bacon about his group's creative contribution to NBA All-Star Weekend on our next Business and Beyond podcast. That starts Monday. They don't have a way to monitor how much pressure is being applied to the soft tissue. So they don't have a capability of dosing the amount of soft tissue manipulation that's being used to help people move better and to reduce their pain. Taking the guesswork out for physical therapists. See how an IU startup's innovation is giving them the tool they need to ease the pain and increase mobility for those suffering from muscle soreness.
At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Well, it's business as normal at Catalan in Bloomington after somewhat of a bombshell announcement this week. New Jersey-based Novo Holdings buying Catalan in an all-cash deal valued at $16.5 billion. The move comes after a few rough financial years for Catalan, which included layoffs. Catalan's uh, three manufacturing sites, those layoffs that occurred there, including the one in Bloomington, will transition to produce diabetes and weight loss drugs. Catalan played a key role in meeting the demand for COVID-19 vaccines and boosters during the pandemic. Well, Alanco Animal Health's new downtown Indianapolis headquarters taking shape while the company is making moves in its aqua business. Alanco selling the line to Merck Animal Health for $1.3 billion. It's a move by Alanco to pay down debt and invest in new products in the pipeline. The aqua line business, one of Alanco's smallest, April marks two years since construction began on the company's new $100 million headquarters on the site of the old GM stamping plant in downtown Indianapolis. Well, a physical therapist at IU Indy is hopeful her vision for a device to help patients recover from injuries and pain will soon be on the market. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta here now with more. Kylie. Well, that's right, Gary. Her decades of experience as a PT and orthopedic manual therapist gave Dr. Terry Lagmani the idea for a device that could measure manual therapy, which is what most people would think of as targeted massage, usually used with exercise to help people heal. Lagmani says standard manual therapy is almost like an art. The amount of force can vary widely from one therapist to the next. She worked with two Purdue University engineers to create a device that can measure the amount of force the therapist applies during the massage. It also measures the motions the therapist uses in three dimensions in real time. Indianapolis-based Boomerang Ventures acquired the device and will soon submit it for FDA approval. Logmani says much like smartwatches give us detailed exercise data, this device advances manual therapy to the digital era. The ability to measure the dose that you're giving, like just like you measure the dose that you give prescription medications, you know, if we can, we should be able to measure that and so so that it becomes more precise for you know precision care, individualized. It isn't about saying that what we've done in therapy is wrong, but is taking it to that next level of individualized precision care. The device also connects to software that captures the data in real time, giving the therapist live feedback and creates a detailed report, which could be used among different therapists to keep the treatment consistent. Another big health story, we're following big numbers for the bottom line at Eli Lilly. The Indianapolis drug maker reports sales of its diabetes drug Munjaro and weight loss drug Zetbound helped push fourth quarter profits up 13%. Lilly posting a net income of $219 billion, and that's just for the fourth quarter. Lilly says it expects revenue to top $34 billion for all of 2023.
Well, the hits keep on coming for Lily. Uh, but kind of that, that massage story, this is about making massage therapy, I guess, uh, more, more scientific. That's right. She says there's nothing wrong with a traditional approach. Mm -hmm. It's accomplishing its goals. It's helping patients. But it's just about continuous improvement. If they can make it better, why not? Mm -hmm. And some of the metrics, just to dive a, deep, dive a bit deeper into the metrics, it's, it measures force, motion in 3D, angle and rate and so you're merging all of those movements you can understand yeah. why they needed Purdue engineers yeah right right <laughs> interesting startup indeed Kylie as always thanks yep. well still ahead a Purdue aviation legends name going up at the University Airport and big changes coming to a business that's been a fixture in Kokomo for more than a decade details on uh, what's next for Haynes International and its 1200 workers there Here's what's making news around Indiana. Brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors. Indiana's 21,000 Realtors. The neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, a huge deal involving a longtime globally recognized company in Kokomo. Mary Rachel Redmond here now with what's going on at Haynes International. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, uncertainty for workers at Haynes International in Kokomo after the company announced it's being sold to Kentucky-based North American Stainless. The deal valued at close to $1 billion. Haynes has been a fixture in Kokomo since 1912. The company develops, manufactures, and markets advanced high-performance alloys for aerospace, gas turbine, and chemical processing markets. Haynes leaders say the deal will ensure the company's long-term success, but no word on the job status of Haynes' 1,200 employees. Growth plans in the works at Spartech in Montgomery County. The company planning to invest nearly $2 million to modernize its manufacturing operations in Crawfordsville. Spartech says the investment will help retain nearly 100 workers. Spartech makes a variety of plastic materials for the automotive, construction, and healthcare industries. To Southwest Indiana, where Evansville is looking to cash in on a hosting a number of sporting events during the first half of the year. Community leaders estimating the city will rake in $9 million between now and June. By hosting sporting events ranging from U.S. figure skating to college basketball and softball and the Indiana State High School Wrestling Finals. Visitors and tourists also flocking to northeast Indiana in droves. Get this, tourism brought nearly 9 million people to Allen County in 2022. That's a 26% increase over the previous year. And those folks, well, they spent money big time. Visit Fort Wayne reporting visitors spent almost a billion dollars in food, hotels, shopping, and transportation. And... Amelia Earhart and her crew at Oakland, California, ready for her great aerial adventure around the world flight by way of the equator, a journey no pirate has yet attempted. Purdue paying homage to its most famous aviator, the university's new terminal to be named after Purdue instructor Amelia Earhart, the first woman to fly alone across the Atlantic. Very fitting, yeah. Gary. Yeah, great, great stuff from around Indiana as always. Thanks, Mary Rachel. Well, I Time now I for our Eye on Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. Well, IU Indianapolis making it easier for Ivy Tech students looking to get a bachelor's degree. 
IU now offering a new dual admission program that will increase access to its Indianapolis campus. Ivy Tech students planning to pursue their bachelor's after earning their two-year associate degree will get access to IU Indianapolis advising, student support, and financial aid counseling. The dual admission program also addresses another big issue. It will ease the transition for Ivy Tech students by sharing transcripts between the schools rather than students having to navigate the process on their own. A new opportunity for high school students in southwest Indiana to get a leg up on college credits. The University of Evansville partnering with juniors and seniors at Rice Memorial, allowing them to take classes for college credit and be on track to enter one of the university's three-year degree programs. Rice students can take education, biology, chemistry, Spanish, and psychology courses at uh, the uh, university, and the credits will be transferable. Coming up next, an unlikely business venture unfolding in north central Indiana. Find out what happens when opera, a Hoosier farmer, and high tech converge, and what it means for the next generation of Indiana innovators. Well, the numbers are in for investment in Indiana tech companies last year. TechPoint releasing its annual venture report, which shows small gains in tech venture capital investment, which showed the number of deals up about 20%, but total investment down 40%. Venture activity highest among health tech companies. TechPoint says the majority of VC activity took place in central Indiana, but every region in the state saw at least one deal last year. Well, more on Indiana Tech and an unlikely business combination. A sixth-generation Hoosier farmer, a historic rundown small-town opera house, and high-tech all coming together to give rural Indiana entrepreneurs a chance to showcase their talents. The story now from Carroll County. Back in the day, the Camden Opera House in Carroll County was a mecca for music, theater, and plays. The building was in a state of utter disrepair. Uh, most people would have probably torn it down. Carroll County farmer and entrepreneur Neil Milet saw possibilities for the Opera House, a way to use it to tap into the potential of innovators in rural Indiana and bring them under one roof. One of the biggest hindrances to opportunity for kids and entrepreneurs from rural communities was lack of physical infrastructure in which to invent and innovate within. So Milet set out to salvage the Camden Opera House to turn it into a modern tech hub with a nod to Indiana's small town glory days. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know, every small town in Indiana or every community had a basketball gym. And it was a center of congregation, a center of pride. And I think that's the value that building these hubs in small towns can bring in a 21st century context. The transformation is already attracting global businesses. We retrofit industrial machinery with our revolutionary solution. We turn these machines into safe and reliable autonomous units. Ireland-based robotics company Helgen Technologies moving its U.S. operations to Camden. 
And Finland-based aerospace startup Vima planning to launch a 3D-printed drone in Camden. We're bringing people here that normally wouldn't come to a small Indiana town. Just fusing two different worlds together in a way that brings overlapping value for our community. Neil Milan taking a page out of Indiana's past to create a future for Hoosier entrepreneurs living in rural regions. Great story unfolding in Carroll County, to be sure. Well, time uh, frame to get the computer lab up and running, something uh, in, uh, in 20, some time in 2025. But Milet says the entire project could take about another five years to fully complete. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. We end the show where we began with Indianapolis Center Court, once again, hosting an NBA All-Star Game. The first time the city did it, 1985. Magic, Kareem, Air Jordan, Larry Legend, Dr. J all hit the hardwood at the Hoosier Dome. This is the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Mammoth Stadium, the exterior. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.